0: This is episode 347 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are Seed Saving and Seed Storage for Survival and Can Stored Water Go Bad? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like some more information, come on over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. I have a link for you in the show notes. So let's go ahead and get started. Our first article comes to us from skilledsurvival.com and again the article is entitled Seed Saving and Seed Storage for Survival. Let's go ahead and read. Why keep seeds? There's a wide range of reasons that a person may want to start saving seeds. That being said, there are also a ton of different methods for saving, drying, and storing seeds. It is important that when using seed saving techniques, You first know a bit about why you may need to save seeds, how you can save them, and how to use them after they have been saved. Knowing some possible uses for seeds that you have dried and stored can help make sense of the process and make it that much easier to get started and to carry through to the end. The first and most obvious reason that you may want to try seed saving is that it is great for replanting. Not only does it save you money from year to year, it can also help you preserve species that you liked the year before, customize your garden, and really get a feel for how to utilize every part of the plants that you grow. When it comes to saving tomato seeds for replanting, you may want to look into saving heirloom tomato seeds for a bit of variety. For a tomato to be considered heirloom, it has to come from seeds that have been saved for a time or from seeds that came from an heirloom tomato. Another reason you may want to stock up on seeds is to help resupply your stockpiling food efforts. Though you can buy seeds from the store, if times were to get difficult, it would be necessary to be able to store and save your own seeds. In a survival scenario, seeds would become invaluable. In times when meat and other foods were scarce, or emergency food storage was dependent upon electricity, you would be able to go to your seed storage and get the seeds to grow your own food. When it comes to survival, seeds are also very small, very light, and very easy to store making them a fantastic element in any survival kit. It is crucial that before you start your seed saving venture, you figure out just what seed saving supplies you need. There are a few specialty items that you can buy but that are not essential to the process as a whole. A seed saving guide, for instance, can be helpful but it is not completely necessary. With a little research and some trial and error, anyone can come up with their own seed saving guide. Saving seeds from tomatoes, for instance, does not need a guide as long as you have plenty of tomatoes and plenty of time to experiment. The basic supplies you will need are your vegetables to harvest seeds from, a knife to access the seeds, a spoon or scoop to harvest the seeds, a receptacle to catch and wash the seeds, and a dish and wax paper or butcher paper to dry the seeds. If you are going to use assisted drying methods, you may need a seed dryer, a dehydrator, or an oven. So, seed drying steps. Seed harvesting. The first step to saving tomato seeds, saving cucumber seeds, saving pepper seeds, or any seeds that you may decide to save, is, of course, harvesting your seeds. Seeds harvesting starts with the proper dissection of the fruit or veggie that you are going to save seeds from. For tomatoes, you have a very large amount of water to deal with. With wet vegetables like tomatoes, you first want to get a basic idea of where the seeds are. Tomato seeds, for example, are housed in chambers inside of the tomato. You first need to cut your tomato in half to access the seeds. A quick way to harvest them is to give the tomato halves a gentle squeeze into a collection dish. You then need to clean your seeds thoroughly and get ready for the next step. With other wet vegetables like cucumber, you may have a little bit harder time. When saving cucumber seeds, you need to access the interior of your cucumber. Once you have split it open, you can use a spoon to help scoop out the seeds. After you have removed them, again, wash and get ready for step two. For vegetables like squash and pumpkin, the process is a bit different. When saving squash seeds and saving pumpkin seeds, you have much less flesh to deal with and a much larger abundance of seeds. Much like a cucumber, once you have accessed the interior of a squash, you can use a spoon to hollow out the seed cavity to harvest your seeds. With pumpkin, Anyone that has ever carved a pumpkin knows that pumpkin seeds come in the hundreds and that they are encased in a mucus-like substance that is known as a membrane. When removing pumpkin seeds, you can simply chop off the top and remove the seeds with a scoop. Then wash thoroughly and get ready for the next step. Harvesting pepper seeds is much easier than any other vegetable. Pepper seeds grow in bunches in the center of the pepper attached to the stem. If you cut out the stem and essentially core your pepper, you will have all your seeds in one place. So seed washing. Washing may seem like a simple step, but you need to be careful and follow a few simple rules. When saving pumpkin seeds and saving squash seeds, you need to make sure you remove as much of the membrane as possible. Though a little bit is not going to ruin your seeds, the more organic matter you have left on your seeds the more chance there are for rot and mold to set in. When saving tomato seeds and saving heirloom tomato seeds, you face an even tougher cleaning process. To remove all the pulp, you will need to rinse your seeds several times and make sure you have removed all that you possibly can. With cucumber seeds, you can generally pop them out of the flesh and give them a quick rinse. With pepper seeds, you will likely not need to wash them at all. So, seed drying. The first one is air drying. There are a few different ways that you can dry seeds and each is as effective as another. The first method is the good old air dry. This is the longest but also the safest way to dry your seeds. To air dry, you need to first have your seeds well washed. When saving seeds, washing them helps to prevent mold. After you have washed your seeds, you can pat them as dry as possible to help start the drying process. After you have patted them dry, you should use something like butcher paper or wax paper to lay them out. While a paper towel may seem like a good option, paper towels can soak up liquid and keep it next to the seed causing premature molding. Butcher paper and wax paper will keep your seeds from drying to the surface you are using and will help to wick away moisture. Make sure your seeds are laid out in an even single layer. It is important that your seeds not be on top of one another because this slows the drying time and again helps to encourage mold. After you have laid out your seeds, choose a good location that is dry, free of humidity, and in the sun if you can manage it. Placing seeds in the sun will help to speed up the process. After that, all you have to do is wait. Depending on the seeds and where you have chosen to leave them, the process can take as little as two or three days to as long as a week larger seeds take longer to dry while smaller seeds are much faster and then assisted drying another type of drying is assisted drying this means using something like a dehydrator or an oven to help speed up the process while there are viable options they do also run the risk of damaging the seed beyond the point of use with a food dehydrator you want to choose the lowest possible setting and allow your seeds plenty of room and time to dry With something like saving bean seeds, for example, you want to make sure you do not dry them out too quickly or they will become unusable. With tomato seed saving, this method may not be ideal as tomato seeds are very delicate and small. This method works best with larger seeds like pumpkin, squash, and even saving bean seeds. The oven is the second assisted method you may want to use. Again, you want to be sure you are using the lowest possible setting to ensure the seeds are dried and not cooked. Once a seed has been cooked, it is very likely that it will never germinate. When using an oven, you want to set it on the lowest possible setting and allow for the longest drying time possible. It may also be beneficial to leave the oven door cracked a bit to allow moisture to escape and maintain a very dry atmosphere tomato seed saving is a bit easier when you use the air dry method than the oven or dehydrator method. When saving pepper seeds, you will likely not need to put them in either a dehydrator or an oven. If you do not feel comfortable using either of these methods, there are seed dryers that you can buy, but they are a bit pricey because they are so specialized. Seed storage. After you have dried your seeds, you need to consider how to store them. There are a few different ways that you can store your seeds. There are more receptacles than you might ever imagine for saving your seeds and knowing a bit about each is the best way to get your seeds safely tucked away. The first seed storage method is of course ziplock or zip top bags. These are only useful if the seeds are all the way dried. These will keep out moisture, keep seeds together, and they are easy to fold up and tuck away in a bag or a drawer. They also hold a large number of seeds, come in a wide range of sizes, and are relatively cheap. This type of seed storage is only for temporary storage as it can trap moisture in with the seeds, causing them to rot. Another seed storage method is, of course, airtight containers. These can be things like food storage containers, airtight crafting containers, or even those that have been specially designed for seeds these are great if you can find them but they may also help to trap moisture and cause premature molding and rot the absolutely best way to store seeds is in a good old paper envelope an envelope like the ones that seeds are sold in at the store allow for air to pass in and out which means that moisture will also pass in and out and not become trapped these paper envelopes are cheap easy to store come in a ton of sizes and are great when it comes to packing them around. Paper envelopes make for the best storage and they are easy to come by. Though seed drying and seed saving may seem like a long, arduous process, the reward is great. Doing something as simple as saving seeds from tomatoes to use later can be incredibly fun, incredibly rewarding, and may just save your life one day. Following these steps can make your seed venture easier, faster, and a whole lot smoother. Through trial and error is the best way to learn. It also helps to have a bit of information on your side to make things that much easier. All right, guys. So I thought this is one of those articles that's very important to to have and to know and to save seeds Um, because, you know, you buy seeds and people even buy seed vaults and those types of things and, uh, you know, they're going to use those up. And then what do you do with that afterwards? And so this is one of the things that I thought about. Because, again, um, if you've been listening for a while, you know I tend to think long term. Like I, I want to think a little bit more past just, you know, then, uh, hey, let me get by the next season. I want to know what I need to do if I needed to prepare for you know the long term you know the big shtf events and those types of things and so i thought about seed saving and i did purchase a book early on and and wanted to learn about that because i think that's important and so i think that is one of the things that is a skill that you should try and you know kind of go for it if you are gardening it doesn't hurt to save uh, a vegetable that is really you know one of the ones that look really really great that ripe. Uh, that was really ripe and, and great and, and you, so you decide to save a few of those seeds and then save them, put them aside and try to germinate them and try to uh, start from seed uh, or start vegetables from seed the next growing season and see if you're able to do it. And so I think that's one of those things that you you might want to try to do. And so uh, that's why I wanted to really read this one and hopefully spark your interest a little bit Now, this is the time, right, where you would uh, tend to go buy some great uh, seeds and, and maybe stock stock those seeds up. Um, they're never going to be cheaper than they are right now. Going to Home Depot usually, you know, the Home Depot um, is is going to purchase plants and seeds, or gonna, they're going to sell plants and seeds that are for your area. At least they should be. I mean, I'm sure some of them are going to get away with doing things that, uh, you know, trying to sell plants and things that that really shouldn't be for your zone, for your growing zone. But for the most part, they are. They're going to sell those seeds and sell those plants. And so, you know, you can get a little bit of uh, uh, or you can feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that those seeds are the ones that you buy at Home Depot or Lowe's or even Walmart or, or, you know, seeds that you can store for a longer term. Now, if you are to store uh, seeds long term, you just like some of these uh you know seed buckets that you can buy you know long term i mean basically all it is is they're throwing they're putting seeds into some nice storage container for you and uh, even at that some of those you need to be very careful with because if they do uh, seal them in they're really tight and they didn't do a good job of uh you know getting all the moisture out and all that kind of stuff and even at that you do you don't want them to be absent of any kind of oxygen either you don't want them to to completely die off either so, uh, you know, one of the things I know the way that I have stored it uh, for, for a time there, I was uh, involved in a you know seed of the month kind of club. And so, man, I received so many different seeds and they were specific to my zone. And uh, I just kept uh, putting them into a paper bag. Right. And so uh, I have tons of, of uh, seeds, you know, saved in a paper bag like that and uh, that might be a way to go but you know something to to do another thing that kind of came up as i was reading this and i was thinking about an article that i read a long time ago one of the things that you will read and like this article talked about is you wanted to grow you want to grow heirloom seeds because those are the the true seeds from passed down from year to year to year you, you know what you plant is what you're going to get but i i remember this article years ago that um you know really Got me thinking. And so, hybrid seeds, you know, a lot of the articles that you read out there will tell you stay away from hybrid seeds. But this article made a lot of sense. A lot of people don't know how to garden very well. A lot of people, um, you know, are going to be, if you ever were in a situation where you were dependent, you would want um, the fastest growing, the most tolerant types of seeds. And so, you might want to have. Uh, some seeds that are hybrid so that you can make sure that you you grow a, a decent crop. And so it could be that um, your, your first year when the poop hits the fan, you grow hybrid to make sure that you do have fruits and vegetables that you can eat. And then you can choose to save those seeds if you want to or not. Um, you don't necessarily always get um the same you know when you do a hybrid you won't necessarily get that hybrid again you you might you might get the variations of it of, again it would be something that you can eat but it might not be that completely tolerant uh hybrid whatever you know the reason that it was it was uh you know created for but anyway you can still store uh you know save hybrid seeds but anyway so you might want to have some seeds that you would plant for that first year, when the poop hits the fan, and they're hybrid, and so you can ensure that you do get, uh, you know, some some fruits and vegetables that you you can eat, and then after that maybe the next year after you have a season of growing under your belt, then you start planting your heirloom seeds and you kind of going from there. And so I just thought that was a, a, a very interesting take. And it was one of those articles that kind of just stuck with me. And it's been many, many years uh, on that one. And so I uh, just kind of wanted to throw that out there uh, to you. But if you are, you know, if you're a gardener, or even if you aren't a gardener, you, you should be getting a little bit more information on seed saving. And so this article is a good start. Uh, Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. But, uh, you know, there are books on seed saving and also uh, you can't discount the, um, you know, your own skill, the ability to try it yourself and see if you're able to do it and go from there. And uh, I know that I have linked to videos in the past on YouTube, you know, that, that show different methods for saving seeds and things like that. So definitely, there's a lot of resources out there that you can click into. So again, guys, that's over at skilledsurvival.com. And uh, the article was Seed Saving and Seed Storage for Survival. All right, because it is Friday, I normally go to the archives and I pull up an article uh, from Prepper website that uh, was read a long, long time ago. And this one comes to us from uh, prep prepblog.com so it's prep-blog.com and uh, this one is from 2012 so it is a very very old article but it is one of those really good ones again talking about articles that kind of stick with you a little bit um, this one has stuck with me throughout the years and uh, it's one that uh, i haven't referred to it in a while But it's one of those that I always think about, especially when we're talking about water. And, you know, water is such an important deal for preppers. It's one of those things that we talk about saving and, and making sure that we stockpile. And, uh, this one is one that you might not have, um, had considered before. Um, because, you know, we talk a lot about when we're trying to stockpile water, we talk a little bit about, Uh, using two liter bottles and using other bottles uh, out there plastic bottles and things like that Uh, but this one you know has some great information for you that you might want to consider and so uh, let me go ahead and uh, jump into this one this article is entitled can stored water go bad and again it's from prep-blog.com and uh, it's a short one but i think it's a very relevant one so let's go ahead and read this one Can stored water go bad? The short answer is yes. The long answer is the subject of this post. In the abstract, if you have a clean container with nothing but water in it, and the container is sealed, the water should keep indefinitely. It should with no bacteria. It is sealed so no bacteria can enter, and there would be nothing in the container that any bacteria could use as food to multiply but that scenario is unrealistic. Suppose that you buy bottled water and keep it sealed. Will the water keep indefinitely? Perhaps not. A study of 57 different sources of bottled water plus four samples of tap water showed that many brands and types of bottled water contain bacteria, even in high amounts. Each water sample was tested for CFUs, Colony Forming Units of Bacteria. Each bacterial colony on a growing medium indicates at least one bacterium because one or more bacteria are needed to give rise to each colony. Quote, 57 samples of five categories of bottled waters were purchased from local stores. Samples of tap water were collected in sterile containers from the four local water processing plants the bacterial counts in the bottled water samples ranged from less than 0.01 CFU per milliliter to 4,900 CFUs per milliliter, including six samples with levels substantially above 1,000 CFUs per milliliter. In contrast, bacterial counts in samples of tap water ranged from 0.2 to 2.7 CFUs per milliliter. And uh, there is a link here to that, uh, that quote and to that article. Different terms are used to describe commercial bottled water, spring, artesian, purified, drinking, and distilled. Only the term distilled has an exact and reliable meaning the water was evaporated and condensed as a method of purification. The other terms are somewhat vague and mean different things when used to describe different company products. Here's a table of the data from the study of water samples. And so there is a, a graphic here. And so spring, uh, when, you know, when you looked at the spring water, there are, uh, you know, there are some, it doesn't tell you the brand. So I'm wondering if linking to it will tell you the brand, um, Linking to this article, actually, I'm going to go ahead and go to it while I'm looking at this. Uh, You know, but some of them were, you know, point uh, less than point zero one to point zero one, and so that would be a great uh, bottled water there that you would want to uh, to do. But some of these are crazy high, and uh, same for the artesian purified distilled is pretty low. Uh, but the drinking water, some of these man, forty nine hundred. That's absolutely crazy, and so I don't know if um, yeah, this one is not is not uh, loading. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let it continue to load. And if uh, if it finishes loading, I'll come back to it and maybe see if there are some brands of water. I know that at one time Consumer Reports did uh, you know did a report on. Uh, or tested different brands of water and they you know they came up with some that are better than the other but i, I don't know i don't know if you've ever seen the uh videos after this. i was kind of grossed out but uh, there were some bottles of water like from china right and and they they're just <laughs> they just have like a water hose and they're just filling up water you know gallons of, uh, you know, whatever, uh, bottles of, uh, gallons of, of, uh, of water with a water hose. And it doesn't look very sanitary at all. It looks like it's just this nasty warehouse. And, uh, you know, they're putting a cap on it and then putting it and, you know, putting it on uh on a, a, you know, a way to, to send it off. And so you really never truly know, unless you're doing it yourself, what you're getting, which is pretty scary. Um, so anyways, let's go ahead and continue reading here. Every type of water had some example with low bacterial counts, but every type other than distilled water had some examples with high bacterial counts. See also, study finds some bottled water has more bacteria and less fluoride than tap water. All right, so that one did actually open up to, um, to an article that's still out there on the internet. Remember, this is from 2012, and uh, so you can kind of bounce off of that one. It doesn't give you specific names, though. Um, The takeaway from the study is that commercial bottled water may have significant amounts of bacteria, but the study also indicated that distilled bottled water is probably your best bet. None of the distilled water samples contain much bacteria. The study also indicated that tap water is often safer than bottled water. Uh, Did you get that? The study also indicated that tap water is often safer than bottled water. Now suppose that you are storing water long term and the water contains some bacteria from the start. What are the implications? First, the bacteria cannot multiply without some type of food. So if the container is very clean, then the bacteria would have nothing to consume and they will die. The bacterial count should decrease, not increase. However, even a slight amount of material left in the container could grow bacteria And it is difficult to be certain that the container is clean enough. So, if you are storing tap water long term, you can hedge your bets by treating the water before storage and just before use. Water disinfection and household bleach is probably the least expensive and most available method, especially for water that is known to be relatively clean and safe, except for the possibility of some bacteria. For the details, see our previous post water purification with household bleach. For small amounts of water, use 1 8 teaspoon of bleach per gallon. For large amounts of water, use 1 teaspoon per 8 gallons or 1 tablespoon per 24 gallons. These numbers are approximate, so you would be fine using 1 teaspoon for 5 to 10 gallons or 1 tablespoon for 20 to 30 gallons. The important point to remember is that for long-term storage of tap water, treat before storage and after long-term storage for commercial distilled water that is kept sealed you only need to treat after long-term storage prior to use see this epa emergency disinfection of drinking water track for more information all right guys so that one website did not open up and so you know it is six years old uh that link is six years old so i'm wondering um you know I, i guess it's not there anymore you probably could find it um, if maybe if you went to the Wayback machine you have the link here that you can do that, but very interesting there. So when we talk about, uh, you know, saving plastic bottles, two liter bottles, you've got to be very, very careful to rinse them out. So you're using really hot water, rinsing them out. Um, you know, you, you, there, if there's a little bit of sugar left in there, uh, you know, some, some kind of, uh, soda still left, you know, somehow, um, that can feed the bacteria for a long time and so you want to be very very careful with that and so uh, that's why a lot of the times they tell you to when you if you're going to store water like that use a little bit of bleach and uh, go ahead and put that in there and then store it you know after you uh or when you get ready to to use it uh go ahead and treat it again and um you know you always should have some you know good water filters pure you know uh, purification means all those good things yeah, I got to be very honest with you. We used water bottles for a long time, just for the convenience of it. Um, it would always kind of get on my nerves because we, um, you know, we had a water filter just you know on the refrigerator, and it's not the very best one, but it's better than than uh, you know than than nothing. But anyway, so reading uh, some of the things about, you know, bottled water and I finally told my wife, we're not we're not going to buy bottled water anymore. I don't care. The kids hated it. They, you know, they're like it was so convenient for them. And we would even I, you know, like I said, the the consumer reports, I even would buy the the one the water that was rated the best. But even at that, there were still some negative Things out there and so i'm like you know what i don't want to buy bottled water anymore so we stopped doing it so i started using my water filter my uh, hydro blue pressurized jerry can and uh, you know i did an open box review not too long ago but we just started using that and started using just regular cups and using the you know the the water filter is a family water filter 4.5 gallons you fill it up and it's pressurized and it just it works really well and now everyone has become very very used to it and now they they all have their like their their yetis or whatever you know when my son got married one of the gifts to the to the guys were uh you know yetis that had and not real yetis like you know like the fake yetis um i always say that (laughs) the you know the cheap ones that you can buy at walmart but they had their favorite football team on there uh and so it's theirs they know it's theirs and so they just use that And uh, they 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 have no problems with it from from now on, you know. And I just think that that's smart. uh, Not using those plastic water bottles with all the junk that's in there. You never know what you're getting really uh, when when that happens. And so uh, you might just want to have a good water filter that you can use uh, at home. Uh, You know, if you wanted to use the best of the best, a Berkey. I do have a Berkey. I just don't have. a a place where i can set it up in my uh, i know it's kind of it's not a real excuse but i don't have a convenient place where i can set it up in my kitchen the the hydro blue jerry can does fit nicely underneath my cabinets and so i don't have to worry about um you know space and things like that but anyway um it's just one of those recommendations that you should uh, consider because you don't want to be putting a bunch of crap in your in your body i mean eventually I really do believe that you know generations down the road, um, you know maybe even like my kids' gener, you know my kids, um, you know, know, and and maybe their kids are going to have all different kinds of health problems because of the junk that uh, that is in the food and in in the water and all those types of things. Um, I I think that's one reason why you have so much illness out there um, because we're not eating um, you know good anymore. We're not eating the, the the great stuff even. Now uh, you've heard stuff about like vegetables and, and, and fruits and stuff like that don't have the mineral and the vitamin content that it had 50, 60, 70 years ago. And so we, we are deficient in a lot of those types of things because just the food that we eat, you know, and it's just junk. So, you know, the more that you can do to protect yourself and to isolate yourself from those things or mitigate, you know, have putting junk inside of you, I think, uh, you know, the, the better you're going to be in the future. And water is one of those things that's very, very important. And you should be, uh, you know, being careful with that. So anyway, uh, guys, I'm going to link to this one as well. Like I said, it comes to us from prepblog.com. And uh, you can go look at it and uh, look at some of the, the, the table, actually. And maybe do some research. If you are like, you know, dead set on using bottled water, maybe you can go do some research on your specific brand and uh, kind of go from there. But, uh, you know, you want to be careful with it. So anyway, guys, again, uh, prepblog.com. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 347. And another week of podcast episodes In the books. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. I really do appreciate it. Hey, if you are not subscribed to the show, head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. We have a lot of ways for you to subscribe and a lot of different podcast networks. And if you are finding value in the show, I really do appreciate uh, when you leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast networks. It really does a lot to uh, help. Uh, let other people know that we are here and that it is something that is valuable to uh, for others to listen to. Right. And so, uh, again, like I said, I really do appreciate it when you leave the reviews um, uh, on the different podcast networks that are out there. Hey, and if you are looking for more preparedness content, hey, don't forget to come over to PrepperWebsite.com. We have a ton of preparedness content over there. Uh, we we post 24 seven the best of the best uh, articles in the prepper world and so you can always find a lot of great stuff over there i there's no way that i can touch uh you know all the articles that we do over there on the podcast and so um, there's just so much good stuff over there so this weekend if you're looking for more preparedness uh, type articles you can go over to prepper website and find your fill over there and also don't forget to connect with me i have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. I'd love to have you, uh, you know, on social media and then also over on the Facebook group. I'd love to have you there as well. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.